Thank you, Kevin, and thanks for having me on, as always. Um, I am Mr. D, also known as the Skipper Dude. And I'm going to talk today about um, Vance Joseph and take the unpopular let's keep him position. So um, not not because I, I see Vance Joseph as, as the next reincarnation of Vince Lombardi, nor will he ever be. But um, I do believe that he is growing into John Elway's vision of what John Elway wants as a head coach. And, and you know, it's fits and starts, but I think he's kind of working in that direction. I know this is not a very popular opinion, but I'll see if I can lay it out. So to start the discussion, let's talk about John Elway, um, because really this whole discussion revolves around him. And, you know, he he hired Vance Joseph. He has the authority, of course, and the ability to uh, fire him as well. He'd be the one to do it. And um, a couple of points about John Elway. Number one is, and this is fairly obvious, but he knows more about football than either you or I do, you know. Um, being in, in five Super Bowls, being the, the, the legend that he is. And not only knows more about football in general, but also he knows the locker room, the Broncos locker room. He knows how guys like Chris Harris and Von Miller um, are, are looking at their head coach, how, how they see Vance Joseph and fitting in. And, and uh, you know, he, he knows the whole situation organically. And, and there's even rumors on the street that, that uh, John Elway went to his players at the end of last year and asked them about retaining Vance Joseph for this year. And they all agreed that, that, uh, he should. So there's definitely stuff going on behind the scenes that as, as fans, we don't really see that indicate to me, at least, you know, the fact that Vance Joseph still has a job as Broncos head coach that, um, he's still basically in John Elway's good graces. If he wasn't, he'd be gone. So my second point is, um, to talk about what is the role of a head coach in a John Elway run football organization. And, and because I think that it's not, it's not the same as it is in, in other organizations, um, especially in today's NFL. Now let's start with what it's not. Let's, let's start with uh, what the role a head coach isn't in, in Bronco land. Um, and and the, the name that comes to mind first um, in, in terms of kind of an anti-hero, if you will, for who, who would be the quintessential non-Broncos head coach, I looked at Chip Kelly. Um, Chip Kelly came to the Eagles, of course, from, from University of Oregon in 2013, had the fast break offense. He was the innovator. He was going to be the next Bill Walsh. You know, he, he, uh, he was somebody who not only had, um, something new and exciting to offer, but also was going to take over the personnel of the Eagles. And, and um, you know, he came out and, and um, had total control. He was, he was a GM at that time. He, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Chip Kelly were the only three head coaches who were also formerly general managers. And he went 10-6 and six and got to the playoffs um, in 2013. And then after that, he bombed out by 2015. The rest of the league caught up to his, his innovative offense. Um, and he was six and nine right at the very end of the season. And with the, the, the covered bear for, for the Eagles, you know, personnel wise and got fired. And of course it, it kind of ironically, the Eagles being a fantastic organization, it, it served as kind of a turning point for them to, to start putting together their current Super Bowl team. But, but, um, but that, that was, that was enough to get Chip Kelly fired. And, and I think that it, you know, when you look at some of the options that John Elway had when he, he looked at it, when he hired Vance Joseph, one of the other 
one of the other interviews he had was with Kyle Shanahan. And I really believe that um, Kyle Shanahan, of course, had the pedigree. He had the father, you know, Mike Shanahan. And and there was a lot of reasons to think that he was a guy that you would want to bring in. But the reality was I think that he kind of represented that that Chip Kelly um, overhand the 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 uh, you know overzealous the the gene, the guy who's want going to want to make personnel decisions and and run the offense and you know basically have more authority than John Elway's head coach wants to be. So John Elway's vision for the head coach is really it's it's very old school. It's it's traditional. He he wants a he wants a head coach that's a manager of the staff, the locker room, and game game day decisions. So you know, really not much more than that. It's a low ceiling type of a guy. Think Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Um, he wants, I think, somebody who can come in and play a very isolated, you know, small role um, and, and do it for many many years. I, I suspect that when John Elway hired Vance Joseph, it was with the intention that he would be here for 20, 25 years and and basically serve that old-school head coaching type of a role. The idea being that John Elway in the front office is going to handle personnel, um, that Vance Joseph, who's you know reputed to be a, a good evaluator of talent, will have some input into drafting decisions and free agents and whatnot. But Basically, Elway in the front office is going to make the final decision there. And that the the uh, offensive defensive coordinators are going to be the ones to handle the X's and O's. So he doesn't really need to be a brilliant game tactician who goes out and calls defenses or calls offensive plays like Gary Kubiak did and and uh, is is you know strongly involved in the game planning. Uh, he just needs to be a guy who who is a little bit more distant, and fills kind of an isolated role as, as head coach. All John Elway really asked him to do is is he needs a, a similar competent staff. Of course, you know, John Elway's going to have a lot of input into that, and guys like Musgrave and Woods as well. But basically, he needs to manage the locker room. He, has, he needs to get ready players ready for game day um, and, and provide a high-level game day strategy. It sounds like, doesn't sound like much, but... You watch how many NFL teams come out and are just flat in any given game, and and you know it's clear that, that that's a, that's a harder harder thing to do than you might think. Uh, he needs to handle the media, and then of course he needs to handle the game day decision making, like clock management, replays, strategic decision, going for it on fourth down, and and things like that. So it may not sound like much, but um, the the um, the NFL players are not going to throw their hearts and bodies. We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about the Broncos and their terrible, terrible tackling. And so much of that comes down to literally willpower, heart, a desire to play. And that really emanates as much as anything from from the head coach. And which, of course, is a little bit of a red flag on Vance Jones of this year because we've seen these problems the last, you know, the last year and this year. But but it, that's that's really, to me, at least the, the mark of a great head coach is are your players emotionally ready? Are they physically ready? Are they throwing their entire hearts into it? And, and the ability for the defense to tackle other players, is probably one of the best signs you're going to see about a team that's ready or not. So let's talk about uh, how Vance Joseph is doing. And I want to start, even though I'm taking the, the pro side here, I'm going to start with, with the negatives because I think we do need to address those and get them on the table. So first, 
for me, the most disturbing um, of of all of the Vance Joseph era so far was the way that the team, uh, the defense especially, just quit on him last year for about eight games. And I, I granted, you know, there are some excuses there, and you had some terrible quarterbacking, and they had played some great defensive games um, early in the season and lost because their quarterbacks were so bad. And and really what happened, though, is that that defense just lost. It lost its heart. And and that, you know, as much as anything, that does come back to the to the head coach. Um, and then again this year, um, that game at the New York Jets was just absolutely embarrassing. It was almost as bad as any game last year, uh, you know, giving up record numbers of rushing yards. The, the Rams game was more excusable. I mean, you give up a lot of yards to Todd Gurley, big deal, so does everybody. Um, so, so, you know, big red flag there. Uh, Raider game this year was, in my opinion, the worst coached game of the year, not counting the, the New York Jets. And in that one, they had no spark, no imagination. And the, you, know, you, know, you almost got this impression if that, that game against the Raiders that Joe Woods and Bill Musgrave spent the week with their feet on the desk throwing a tennis ball in the air, right? There, there, was, this, there was no imagination, nothing in that game. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think you can, you can maybe blame Woods and Musgrave for that, but really, especially when it was offense and defense, I think what you have to go back to is Vance Joseph ordering up an insanely conservative game plan. Now, granted, they got away with it. They won. So, you know, you can't hold him too responsible, but that to me was, was definitely some immaturity on his part. Now, the next one, um, you still, it's not as bad as last season, but you're still getting that deer-in-the-headlights look from Vance Joseph on on the sidelines. And it's one that, you know, probably means more to the fans, honestly, than it does to the players. I mean, how many players are, are out there looking the coach in the face during during the game to see his expression I mean that's not you know what they're they're doing so much as we are watching on TV but it does set a tone for the team and the organization I mean think about it for a minute those of you who remember back to Bill Cower when he was a coach and man always passionate all always smiling and even and he had this this smile that was a strange sort of a frown and you know the team was doing well and he had this big frown but he's pumping his fist yeah 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 you know but it set a tone for who that Pittsburgh Steelers team was. Very passionate. And you think about the other end of it, for you old-timers like me who remember back to Tom Landry, the stoic one who, who was, was completely and totally emotionless on, on the sideline. But it helped set a tone for that Dallas Cowboys team. And, you know, they were consistent, and they went to a lot of Super Bowls and, and played fantastic football. So, so it does really mean a lot, and I think Vance Joseph is improving that way, but still, there are moments when you can't, you see him on the sideline, and he just looks like he has no clue what's going on around him. So that's something he's got to continue to work on. And then um, he's had some terrible game day management. You know, the, you look the one that really stands out to me was um, the challenge flag he threw. I think it was in Baltimore on eight yard. It was an eight yard pass. Guy looked like to me like he was out of bounds, but but um, on, on first and ten, throws an eight yard out. And um, Vance Joseph throws a, a challenge flag. It's like, you know, he, he lost and he lost a timeout. And like, even if you won that big deal, so, so now it's an incomplete and you, you lost a challenge. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you got a lot of that going on. And um, 
So there are plenty of negatives about Van Show. So I'm, I'm not, even though I'm kind of in the keep him camp, I'm not about to say that that he's without you know without fault because there are plenty of flaws in his game. But as a as a fan, we watch these week to week and 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 you know his his evolution as a coach, and we're only satisfied with the Super Bowl win. And these negatives seem fatal to us, you know. We're ready. I've even made the comment, you know, on a couple of games, kind of half-heartedly, you know, in the Raiders game. I remember putting out a comment in a little chat group of ours, saying that John Elway needs to come into the locker room at halftime and, and change change the locks and you know escort Vance Joseph out and and change quarter change head coaches at halftime, and you know only only half joking, but but you know I think. Um, for for John Elway, um, I think he's looking at these these problems as being more growing pains as opposed to something that's fatal. Hey, let's let's you know t- let's get rid of our coach. Um, if, if you look at some of the legendary coaches, even Bill Walsh, Mike Shanahan, Bill Belichick, these guys were terrible. You know, in, in early in their career, Mike Shanahan got fired by the Raiders. Um, Bill Belichick was absolutely atrocious when he was in Cleveland. And and they did end up becoming legendary quarterback or legendary head coaches, but it, it took them some years to really get their feet under them. And I think that's what what we're seeing with Vance Joseph as well. That's just taking some time to to get his feet under him. So let's talk about now the, some positives with Vance Joseph. Um, he does, I think. I like the way he owns up to his mistakes. Um, the second week against the Raiders again, they they played way too soft against Derek Carr and just let him fed right into the Derek Carr game plan and, and let him own the field with short passes. And I mean, it was just brutal game planning, but he did own up to it. That was a terrible game plan. They've underutilized Royce Freeman. And I think it's another one where he's come out and I haven't fixed it yet necessarily, but he has come out in the media and owned up to those, those types of mistakes. So, I mean, I think that that's a good, to me, it's a good sign uh, of a perhaps a long-term head coach that he's going to see his mistakes, he's going to own up to them, and he's going to he's going to fix them going forward. Another positive, th- this team, and don't don't underestimate this, this team, this Bronco team played with, they played with heart last year after the eight-game losing streak was over. And, and to me, that was extremely impressive. I think it, it it seemed to dovetail in nicely with the rumor that that the players still had Vance Joseph's back after the season was over, that here they lost eight games and did not completely check out, did not completely quit, did not completely give up on their head coach. I mean, that, to me, um, really says something positive, you know, in, in the in the embers of a, of a burned up season. Um, they, they, another positive, they, they did play tough against Kansas City and the Rams. You think about their schedule this year, and they've had some easy, soft games early. But they also, two games against Kansas City, you know, um, with the one coming up next weekend and, and a game against the Rams, um, three the, the three toughest games of the year in their first eight games. And they were supposed to get blown out, but they didn't. They played both games solid. They They should have beaten Kansas City. They just couldn't close. And they they had a bit of a shot against the Rams as well, and and you know either one of them would have been fantastic wins. And then and then my final positive, and this is probably one that nobody out there picked up on, but 
but I think it's it's important. Okay, think about what Vance Joseph did or didn't do last week in in light of Von Miller's ass kicking comment about about the Cardinals. Okay, so Vance jo- or, uh, so Von Miller makes the makes the pronouncement, "Hey, we're going to go out and kick their asses," right? And and you can be certain that from that moment forward, you had Vance Joseph with with every beat writer out there with a camera, a, a, you know, a, a microphone stuck in his face, saying, "Hey, what do you think about the Von Miller comments? What well, are you going to go and kick their asses in in uh, Arizona this week?" And and what and what did Vance Joseph do? He did nothing. Okay, nothing. Which means basically his silence was consent. Um, how easy would it have been for him, as a coach whose whose job is probably on the line? to walk back those comments from Von Miller and to come out and say, well, yeah, that's just Von being Von. Don't take him too seriously. Or, or to say, Hey, I want to apologize to the, uh, Arizona, Arizona franchise. Uh, we didn't mean to, you know, to pick on you guys or whatever it was. I mean, he could have so easily walked back those comments, but he didn't. He was absolutely silent as the grave and let Von Miller's comments stand and go into the game, and I think that it actually served to really fire up this Bronco team and perhaps even turn their season around. So that, I mean, you have to take that as a little thing, but I think you really have to take it as a big positive um, for for Vance Joseph. So those are negatives and positives. Where do we go from here? I think that, you know, first of all, even though I, I am on the pro-Vance Johnson um, side of things, don't don't make any mistake. He's still on the hot seat. I mean, he he has not saved his job. He has not saved his job for this year necessarily. Um, and and I think that in reality, Elway's likely to allow I think one more um, New York Jets type meltdown game where the team just literally doesn't show up. But in my opinion, three strikes and he's going to be out. So. He does it one more time. He's he's probably right in the bubble. Does it a third time, and I think that that's going to be it. Maybe even right after that game. Um, the the offensive and defensive coordinators, and this is the NFL. They're basically disposable. Um, Joe Woods is underachieving with a talented defense like crazy. That that I think is the the writing on, is on the wall to me. That if you go through another game where the defense just doesn't tackle. I think Woods is going to be the one to get thrown under the bus. Um, I, in my opinion, at least, Bill Musgrave is reasonably safe, and for no other reason than he makes a nice interim head coach if if uh, Vance Joseph gets gets let go. So, so I'm going to try to get into John Elway's head a little bit, and uh, and and think about where John Elway is with this whole decision. Um, he put together a team with, in probably his mind, 10-6 and six talent, borderline playoff-type talent. He knows that this is not a Super Bowl contending type of team. He knows he's not in his contention window. But he's also not going to be satisfied with a 6-10 and 10 finish with a team that's got some talent. You know, the talent on, I mean, depth on, on position players or the, the uh, um, wide receivers and running backs on offense. You know, he's got a nice defensive line. He's got some talent here. and And so I think that if they can't, go eight and eight it's it's going to be on the coaches um that any kind of losing season here underachieving by two or three games and uh, i think the vance joseph is is gone so 
that's kind of where I still think it is. And but but even more than that, I think what you need to look at going forward is you need to look at the effort that this team is giving. The the effort against really almost every game except for for the Jets was not bad. I mean, this team has been frustrating to watch, but they've only given they've only had one game where they really did not give a proper effort. Um, they had another game, the Raiders, I think, where they had just a terrible, terrible game plan. Um, that's on the coaches. But really, the only the game that's on the players at this point, in my mind, is the Jets. And then you look for good game plan creativity, and you look for all that all to mature. It's got to get better as the season goes on. This is a good young team. They should get better. Um, they should get more comfortable. Bill Musgrave should be uh, able to, to get more creative as the season goes along. So, So really, I think... What I would say about Vance Joseph is is that um, in the big picture, he's he he was like a he's been like a rookie player. You know, you got to think of him like a rookie player because rookie coaches really go through the same life cycle that, that rookie players do in most sports, and 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 they start out just not really understanding the full context of what it is they're doing, having strange struggles, um, doing bizarre things, going into slumps. All that kind of thing, and and I think that at this point, this being the second season for Vance Joseph, I think that the rookie mistake card has basically been played, and and I think at this point, if he's still making rookie mistakes by the end of this year, you've got to look, you got to look at at him as you know, is he ever going to completely mature into this role? And so by the end of this season, I think we need to see a competent and confident leader of men. You got to see the team given given their heart. They may not make the playoffs, but are they making a drive? Are they playing their best football? Are they, you know, are are they actually giving it their all going into the the later games of the season so that they give themselves a shot at least at the playoffs. And to me, if they can do that, then basically Vance Joseph may be the guy and and uh and and can go into to next year and and save his job and we'll start over again. So With that, Kevin, I'm going to throw it back to you, and uh, you can close it out. Thanks a lot.